You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everybody. Check out the Break the Bell podcast where we believe your voice is your most powerful weapon. For a weekly dose of our take on what's going on in the world mixed with a side of history. Find us wherever podcasts are found or on social media handle at Break the Bell Pod. And most importantly, never stop talking. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. So I don't want to brag, but it's going to sound like one, so I might as well just come out and say it. I've got a pretty bitchin' watch collection, and I uh, I don't bring it up to just really, you know, throw it out there. It's a, It's excessive... Some may say vulgar. It's uh, it's definitely not a poor man's hobby, especially for me. But uh, I, I got one recently from my father. It was a watch he didn't like wearing, and it was just gonna just gather dust in his uh, watch watch box. So he gave it to me. It's called a, a sewing co. It's basically a homage of a, uh, I think it's Panerai, a big like Sylvester Stallone style watch. It was only like 30 bucks. I took the cheap strap off of it and I put on this Long Island watch company, uh, NATO strap. And I dare say it, it looks, uh, it looks really, really nice. I'm not big into oversized watches and I think it's kind of gaudy, but I've been wearing it since, and I like it. And you're probably wondering, what what does this have to do with the show? And, um, absolutely nothing. No, I just wanted to talk about it. You know the real one that this is based off of is, like, two thousand... I think it's, I think somebody said, like, 25 grand. I was about to say 2,000. No, it's, like, 25 grand for the Panerai Luminaire, and it's, uh, I don't get it. I used to want like really expensive watches like Rolexes and Breitlings, but I found watches that are of the same quality and build for the most part, and they have different names, and I'm cool with that. Because most people don't really care about the type of watch, they care about the look of the watch. I've had people compliment cheap watches, and people never say anything about the nice watches I have, the expensive ones, but oh well. You know, we're a week away from Thanksgiving. It's also the the week of my father's birthday, and I I've been wondering, you know, this is a this is a this is a different year for everything. I wonder what Thanksgiving is going to be like. And then, you know, I I look around us, and my life has been different. I won't say it's gotten worse. It's gotten better in many ways. New job, more opportunities. The show's doing very well. I've uh I've learned a lot. I've gained a lot. 
I've uh, I've def I'm definitely in a better position now than I was a year ago. And uh, you know, I, I look back, and there there are a lot of things I miss about the world before COVID. I miss movies for one. I miss more public events with my friends. I uh, I, I I miss going to conventions and networking and actually getting to go meet people. I've gone on very few, you know, uh, lunch breaks of friends as I used compared to how I used to do. And, um, you know, I, I don't miss having to go into DC when I was in, when I was at the Washington times, even though we were, uh, we, we were primarily in the office. I, I mean, I, I was always having to go into the city for something and I, I don't really miss that. And uh, as as I look back at years past, I just realized you know it is nice to to grow up and to uh, not have to deal with certain things. And let me tell you, I don't miss dating. I've been with my lovely girlfriend Juliana five years, and uh, you know we're, we're at that point now where I'm, I'm not gonna say a lot of the spontaneity and a lot of the figuring out what to do next is gone. I mean we we still have a very awesome relationship and we try and keep it fresh and stuff and you know it's it, it's nice but the showmanship the constant wondering the the anxieties of being in a fresh relationship recording somebody or you know just trying to figure out how do I get this how do I get this woman back to my room tonight you know stuff like that I I don't really miss because as I as I work at the day job and as I do all my other stuff it, it's like my watches. Yeah, the, the Rolex seems nice, but I'm happy with the homage. Yeah, the big Panerai might be 25 grand, but the one that looks almost exactly like it on my wrist is 30. What I'm trying to get at is, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I, I, miss, I miss the fun and the adventure of dating, and I get it. I get it, but at the same time, you get to the point where it's like, ah, that was so much work. That was so much money. Spending time and money on people that you won't e- you probably don't even like. I had dates where I just really did not like the people I was with. And uh, I, I don't miss it. And I can only imagine what it would be like to be single now during COVID. You can't even go on dates with people. And if you can, like, what do you do? What what what's there to What's there to do? So... Like the old man that I am, 25-year-old millennial and all, I, uh, I, I, go to, I go to Google and I try and just see, you know, I wonder what things have been like this year. What have things, uh, you know, what, what have things done in terms of, uh, you know, trying to find new and creative ways for people to go out and date and find a significant other, at least have somebody who's a, you know, of a, a, a romantic interest in their life. So I've got, I've got two articles. One is from USA Today, and the other is from TechSpot. I'm going to go ahead and link to both of them in the, uh, in, in the show notes of this episode. What I'm thinking of is I'm just going to go ahead and read through both of these and just kind of give you my thoughts in between, because many of you are probably in the same situation. If you're single uh, during the pandemic, this might uh, this might actually be helpful to you in some ways, or it could be absolutely horrendously a bad idea, and you're worse off for listening to it. But this is the this is the calculated risk that you take. Um, 
Do, do, do. How has the pandemic altered dating? Survey says more roommates are hooking up by Dalvin Brown, USA Today, published October 6, 2020. More roommates are hooking up. Is this a gay thing? No. No, it's from USA Today. Let's not let's not think too hard into it. It starts, the raging pandemic has upended the dating landscape for singles in America. Sparking a number of new romance trends, status suggests. For example, an increasing number of people have been romantically engaged with their roommates. I get, I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's, you know, heterosexual roommates. You know, a man, a woman, a woman, and a man. I mean, it could include same-sex couples. Okay. People are now requiring masks on, first, on the first date. Uh, I mean... Maybe, but isn't isn't part of the fun of the first date getting to see a person all dolled up? See their faces, they're walking up to you. How do you lean in for a kiss if you both have a mask on? I don't know. Are you gonna judge a person by the type of mask they wear? Like, oh, I, I it, like like imagine your woman. It's like, oh, I I, I didn't want to you know have anything to do with him. He had one of those single use masks on and one that shows cheapness and two that's just bad for the environment. I can I, I, I prefer the linen ones or someone that just wants to go ahead and really invest in his health and have the the long term one, the cloth one that you can go ahead and put in a washer, you know, that type of bullshit. That's stupid. Um, singles are vetting potential suitors via video chats. That uh it, you know, I, I I remember like in college, like I would I would meet a girl for a little bit and then maybe we'd start texting, but this whole uh, you know vetting people over video chats thing I think that's kind of stupid. And they're more selective about who they'll give a chance to. Like, really, really, I feel like a lot of this is just an excuse. I, I feel like none of this really has to do with being worried about contracting COVID, and I feel like it's more of just an excuse to really know whether or not you want to bang the other person or you just want to, you know, appear polite by just saying, oh, you know, I went through all these things. I just don't feel safe. I don't feel safe enough. I don't feel safe. Yeah, I'm, I think a lot of this is an excuse. Um, those data points and more were unearthed from Match's 10th Annual Singles in America survey, which, spotlight, which spotlights how 5,000 singles adjusted their dating lifestyles over the course of the year marked by global pandemic, economic challenges, renewed calls to end racial inequality and looming in a looming political connect, uh, election. I can barely talk tonight. What's wrong with me? We've seen an unprecedented change in dating that we've seen unprecedented changes in dating this year said helen fisher biological anthropologist and chief scientific officer of match that's a cool job at a dating website i guess i could see it biological anthropologist and chief scientific advisor at match but i bet her linkedin is lit uh prior to 2020 no one expected singles would consider a date's willingness to wear a mask some of the standout trends birthed from this year's survey surrounded people's willingness to sleep with their housemates, their interest in debating politics with potential lovers, and their openness to interracial dating after race-related protests gripped the nation. Really? 
Okay, here, here, here's my here's my gut reaction to that to that right there. Um, surveys surround people's willingness to sleep with their roommates. I feel like if you were going to sleep with your roommate, you were going to sleep with your roommate. I think this just kind of accelerated it. So if you were if you're going to sleep with your roommate, I think maybe it was bound to happen. I don't think uh, I don't think you both and your fear of contracting COVID had anything to do with. It. I think the fact maybe you're working from home, you're sticking you're sticking around with each other more, and you know the the dating pool isn't as fiery as it used to be. I think you would have ended up sleeping with your roommate. I don't think this would have had any, anything else to do with it. Uh, their interest in debating politics with potential lovers. I don't think it's as important as people think it is. I highly doubt. Many people went on a first date and they were asked, what's your stance on like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that? I think, and this is coming from somebody that was a political consultant and a pundit, uh, I, I think people like to think that everyone wants to talk about politics at some point, but the truth is most people don't. I've dated Democrat women. I've dated very politically Republican women. I've dated women that don't really give a shit. And, uh, you know, this was during the Obama era when they were burning down Ferguson and, uh, you know, brown kids and and like bombing brown kids in Pakistan and all that stuff. So, I mean, yeah, this year it might have been on everyone's minds a bit more with everything going on, but I don't think uh, it's it's unique to this. I think if people wanted to talk about politics, they would have done it whether things were nice or not, especially last four years of everyone just having their like orange man bad phase. And then uh, their openness to interracial dating. I highly doubt that uh, you know police abuse and any and everything else had anything to do with you thinking I'm going to date a black person or a person that's not my race for equality. I think that's freaking stupid. And this is coming from somebody that has dated all types of women. So I, I really like what does that say if like I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more for social justice by dating somebody that's outside of my race. I really don't think this had anything to really fucking do with it. I think people might say it out loud because it's some type of virtue signaling, but all this all the, none of this sounds like it's incredibly unique. I think we may have seen more trends because people have been forced either farther away from each other or they're um forced to be closer with each other. So I think a lot of this has been sped up, but I don't think anything I, I, I don't think anything happens that would not have happened already. Like I don't think COVID is what made you end up sleeping with your housemate. I highly doubt the election is why you really wanted to talk about politics on your first date. And I highly doubt all these freaking protests are what made you want to date somebody outside of your race. Um, I, I, I don't think I, – I don't, I don't buy it. I think all this stuff was going to happen anyway. But uh, let's go down. Roommates are hooking up. With people hunkered down and largely avoiding meeting up with strangers, more American adults chose to cozy up with their roommates, the data suggests. In fact, 41% of singles who were sexually engaged during the pandemic slept with someone they were in lockdown with, Match found. A glaring one in four sig singles age, uh, between the ages of 18 to 98 had sex with a non-romantic roommate, Match found. 98? If you're... Uh, like, okay, here's the thing. Like, I, I could get people maybe 40 under. You know, the friends demographic, 40 under. I, I, I could see them having a roommate of the opposite sex. If you're older than that and you're in a, and, you, and you have a roommate 
who's somebody of the opposite sex. I don't, I don't think I know anyone who does that. I really don't. The idea of a some, there's somebody who's 98 years old who has a roommate of the opposite sex and they hooked up during the pandemic. I don't, I, I want, I want to meet that couple. Anyway, adults under 23 or Gen Z. Oh, I just, I'm just above the cutoff. I'm turning 26 this year. We're the most open with this, with 46% of them sleeping with non-romantic housemates compared to 33% of millennials, 23, 39, who, who would. Oh, well, you know, hookup's a hookup. Uh, scientists say the side of behavior shift can happen due to unusual environmental factors. If you have non-romantic roommates, you're probably spending more time together than you would have been in the past, said Justin Garcia of the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University and the scientific advisor at Match. People are relying more on their social relationships and their connections more than before because that's a source of feeling comfort and safety. I have noticed that the number of people that I do regularly associate with or speak to has definitely come down to like single digits. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. So I could totally see that. Uh, some some relationships are stronger because of that. Um, interracial dating. Over the past decade, there has been a 58% decline overall in singles not being open to dating people in different ethnicities match, match found. Now, following the death of George Floyd and renewed interest in Black Lives Matter, 24% of singles are more open to dating someone of different of a different race or ethnicity, according to Match. People also want to know where their potential suitors stand on topics surrounding race. More than half, 59% of singles, want to know if their date supports Black Lives Matter, according to Match. The number increases 74% of Gen Z and 66% of Millennials. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's independent of George Floyd. I will say it's a generational thing. I talk about it in my first book. In 2013, when I went off to college, I had a roommate from North Carolina whose father asked me if I would ever be willing to date a black girl, which I, I ended up going on a date with a black girl about a year later. Um... But at that point, I said, yeah. And he said, you know, it's just, I, I just I just wouldn't do it. I certainly wouldn't allow Lewis to do it. We didn't know that his son was a freak and he chased anything with a pulse. But uh, I, I think other than, uh, than him, I think it's always been a generational thing. It's also kind of weird for me. I, I grew up uh, around the country, but living up living outside of D.C., I mean, we had a lot of interracial relationships. My, uh, my, my parents, you know, I'm, I'm the result of an interracial marriage. My mother's Korean. My father's Puerto Rican. And if you want to go even farther back, my grandparents on my mother's side were one of probably the first uh, legally married interracial couples in the United States. My grandfather was from Michigan, and my grandmother was from Korea. So... I think it's been a generational thing. I had, I think it had to be bra- broken down over time. But uh, I highly doubt that the death of George Floyd had anything to do with this. 
Um, historically, we see this pattern where people tend to look for partners that have similar backgrounds and experiences. So some with the same religion, race, and ethnicity, said Garcia. We see that people today over the last decade or so have become less interested in that and more willing to date interreligiously and interracially. I think it's just a generation thing. I think people want to experience life more and they're, they're willing to, you know, explore more of what they want. I don't think... Things like Black Lives Matter and the death of George Floyd have anything really to do with that. I think it's. Uh, I think it was bound to happen. Okay, video vetting. This is weird. I'm t- I'm 25 and I think this this is weird. Uh, before the first date, 68% of singles used video chats to determine whether a potential suitor was worth meeting in person. Match found. And the data suggests that tread could continue to stick post pandemic. A further 69% of these said they'd video chat again. Video dating helped 59% of people have more meaningful conversations. So I guess people aren't swiping as much. What's up, Tinder? Uh, The data suggests 62% of people became less worried about their appearance. I feel like if I'm going to video chat somebody before a date, I'm going to actually put more attention into my appearance. In fact, I'd probably do that more so than... Uh, the in-person date, because if I have to be seen on camera, which I don't like being on camera, I feel like I'm going to put more effort into that. Um, it was a new experience for many, and 58% of singles said they found video chatting to be awkward. I'm surprised. I think I think 32% are lying. I think everyone feels awkward with that. Still, the process paid off. A majority of singles felt some chemistry on a video date, 56%, and 50% fell in love during the video date, Match said. During the video date? Well, I mean, I guess it's that love at first sight thing, but... I don't don't know about that. Um, Yeah, okay. Politics. Political alignment was also a central topic in this year's data. This I do believe. I believe we're in such a polarized society now. The idea of, you know, a Republican dating a Democrat or a Democrat dating a Republican, I think this might actually be a bigger a bigger schism than ever before. I could totally see that. Uh, political alignment was also a central topic in this year's data. Under the Trump administration, there has been a 25% increase in the number of singles who believe it's important for partners to share the same political beliefs match found. I also just think for many people, they focus so much on politics that that's almost the thing that determines whether they're really going to like somebody. But maybe that's just me. Uh, That goes for people on both sides of the aisle. In 2020, 74% of Republicans, 77% of Democrats want to date people with similar political beliefs. That's up from less than half of singles in past years, Match found. I just remember my parents' generation, more of them being, you know, mixed politically. Like, dad's a Republican and mom's a Democrat. I feel like for a lot of couples around my age and maybe even a little bit younger, um, they, they place more of an emphasis on it than ever before. And I think that that really bothers me. That actually really does bother me. Uh, people also said debating politics is sexy. I could see that. Anyone that's on a date in D.C., yeah, it I, I could see that. It's it's a little it's it's a little fiery, a little saucy. You know, I could see it. Uh, though more independents enjoy debating politics, forty six percent compared to Democrats, thirty three percent, and Republicans, twenty nine percent. I find Republicans want to talk about more about that shit on first dates than ever before. I'm hearing my female friends at Liberty complain about that. Um, let me see. New rules. There are also new rules to follow if you want to land a date. 
People are also asking new questions, like whether a potential date has been practicing social distancing, 21%. Singles are more cautious about who they touch or kiss, 15% of men compared to 24% of women. And people are requiring that their date wear a mask throughout the entire meetup, just 20%. What? It's 20%. It's 20%. You're telling me that really matters that much, 20%? Yeah. Gen Z are the most open to requiring masks on dates, 28% compared to 25% millennials. Yeah, that's why Gen Z is going to lead us to the end of the world. And uh, that's that's that one. Let's go tech spot. I find, I find myself not surprised. Well, I find myself disagreeing with anything, with everything in that article, while at the same time not being surprised that those are the points that brought up. I, I, don't, feel, I don't feel like that really... Uh, shocked me or gave me something that I truly believe. Maybe I need to see the numbers more, but I also just believe that people don't answer surveys right, and most of the time they answer with what they think is the right answer versus what they actually believe is their answer. They, they want to give you the answer they think you want. They don't actually want to give you the answer that they actually have, which is that I don't think more, I don't think most people actually care about Black Lives Matter. I don't think people actually really like those video chats. And I highly doubt that uh, social distancing and all that shit is actually something that matters when you're trying to find somebody to, uh, to date. So this is over at TechSpot, how the pandemic and politics are affecting online dating. And this is from November 9th. So we've gone almost a month ahead. And I, I wonder what's going to be different with this one. I haven't, I haven't actually read these articles. Um, this is by Sean Knight, November 9th, 2020. How the pandemic and politics are affecting online dating. People are seeking human connection now more than ever. That I can certainly agree with. The big picture. The global pandemic and a high-stakes presidential election were just a couple of the unique challenges and circumstances that folks living in 2020 have had to face this year. I, I don't know why people always put presidential politics on such a high fucking scale. Like, I, I can see the pandemic. The pandemic affected everybody's job. But saying that, you know, a high-stakes presidential election, like, one, they say that about every presidential race. But secondly, that, that really has such a low impact on your life. And I don't, I don't really think when you're actually on the date, that really freaking matters. But I'll, 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 I'll get through this a little bit more. Through the thick and thin, however, one thing has persisted, the need for, the need for human connection. Whether through the proliferation of video conferencing apps like Zoom or existing platforms such as dating apps, people are looking to connect with others now more than ever. OkCupid, okay, an online dating service in the Match Group portfolio, recently analyzed this group's dating landscape in hopes of identifying trends likely to emerge in 2021. So this is funny. The last one was just from Match, but this one's from OkCupid, okay, which they also mention is owned by Match. So I wonder, I wonder how they did things differently. I wonder if you're owned by a big parent company, if you have to follow the same uh sample and testing criteria or if it's really just different based off uh who's doing it this will be interesting to see i mean it's only a month apart from when the last one was and that was also the big study so this one's coming from like a subgroup but it was done by the same parent company as the last one i, I just don't know i don't know what's i don't know what the difference is gonna be uh, since the start of the pandemic, OkCupid observed that connections and conversations across borders are up nearly 50%, and, 50, and, and with people increasingly setting their location preferences to anywhere. Um, oh, that's that's sad. 
I get it. Some some people just need company. I totally get it. Uh, what's more, 92% of respondents said they were still looking for love during lockdown, while nearly 30% said they had been always one virtual date during quarantine. Uh, curiously enough, the pandemic has also led to a slowdown in the dating process, that is. The rush to meet a match in real life is decelerating, and people are taking time to more intimately connect with matches through deep conversation and virtual dating. When it comes to politics, however, OkCupid believes that 2021 will see even more people refusing to date outside party lines. I sadly agree with that. A full 64% of those surveyed said they prefer that their date shares their political views, while 60% said they flat out couldn't date someone whose political views were the opposite of theirs. Uh, I, I gotta say, the, the, the politics one... The, the politics one does bother me. And I think that's the biggest thing I've taken away from it. Um, I'm lucky that my beautiful girlfriend of five years and I are pretty much on the same page when it comes to our, our politics and stuff like that. We also met Liberty University, so you're, you're not necessarily dealing with the most diverse campus when it comes to diversity of thought. Um, however, I certainly did date women mainly because I was interested in them and their politics may have been different from mine, but that was okay. And the Obama years weren't perfect. I think people forget Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff that started under the Obama years, but I was a member of the Bush years. And I, I started dating in college and I dated people, I dated women who were different from me politically. I dated women who were different from me religiously. I dated women outside my race. I dated tall women. I dated short women. I dated a lot of women because I wanted to see what I liked. And the the thing is, I, I just remember some of my favorite couples were were couples who disagreed on politics because there was always something kind of there that they were constantly discovering about each other. And I, I feel now with many couples, a lot of them tend to settle. And I wonder if this is something that has always been the case or if it's just something I'm – and, you know, something that's always been the case, I'm just now noticing it or if it's uh, something really new. But I feel – I see a lot of couples that will talk about, oh, uh, they, they agree with me on this issue or, or we're, we're going and we're protesting this or we, we stand for this together. And it's almost like they uh, – they have to go through like this purity test because they dislike some part of society so much they need to go ahead and vet their loved one in a, in many, many different ways. And they have to do it so publicly so that way it's on the record. So if something happens, they could say, oh, it was a change or, oh, they lied to me. Um, I always thought that interreligious couples were beautiful. Because I think that if love truly transcends boundaries, then you should be able to have a couple that believes in maybe you know two different forms of a, of a same religion or maybe two different religions, and uh, you know you you create a family and you let you let your children have the right to choose for themselves. And those are couples that I always really admired, uh, interreligious couples. 
and for interracial couples, even in metropolitan D.C., let me tell you, while, while there were a lot of interracial couples here in the Beltway, I, I probably feel like I saw a lot more in a, in Alabama. And by that, I mean it was primarily a lot of uh, white, and, you know, uh, couple couples where one was white and one was black. I saw a lot of white women who would be of black men, not really vice versa. But, you know, e- even in high school, I would hear people – just just kids snicker and just say just not very nice things about guys that – it was primarily guys that dated – white guys that dated girls that were not white. And uh, you know if you saw a white guy with an Indian girl, that was very, very rare. If you saw a white guy with a black girl, that was even more rare. If you saw a white guy with an Asian girl or a white guy with a, you know, a Hispanic girl or something, that wasn't as taboo. But – um, it was just one of those things where I, I saw a lot more of it. And the, the beauty used to be in that diversity. The beauty used to be in the discovery of each other in trying to pursue a life with each other. And, um, you know, it just makes some couple, couples more interesting. I, I dated a girl for a short time who was very politically active. We, we connected on everything po- politics-wise, and she loved talking policy. But there was nothing there. It was a very, very stale relationship. People call this like a token Republican couple, and it just wasn't nice. And then I met my current girlfriend, and politics really wasn't the thing. And, you know, we, we got to learn more about each other, and it was fun. It's turned into what it is now. And, uh, you know, I see it with a lot of friends of mine where they they want to – they, they want to up their social cred, so they'll go and date somebody who might be like on with them politically or maybe they come from the same neighborhood back home and they just seem boring. And I'm not saying that you know they, they, they probably don't genuinely love each other. I'm just saying that for some of them, and I think we all see those couples like I like like Juliana has uh, has some people that she knows and you know, they, they, they get out of a relationship, then they end up getting engaged to like the next person that they go out with and you look at the couple and like their engagement photos and their eyes just look dead. And uh, just they they don't they they look like they're just settling because they wanted somebody that was safe. And maybe they they wanted somebody that was safe that was the maybe the same race, same religion, same politics, but you know that, that they're every everyone knows that couple they just love because they bring out the best elements of each other, and I think a lot of people are gonna end up settling for safety, settling for predictable, and you're gonna have people that just bring out the worst of each other, not necessarily to themselves. They'll they'll, they'll get along just fine, but they bring out the worst of each other to others. And I think we can all name that couple where it was like, you know, they used to be cool individually. Then they start going out together and shit just wasn't right. Stuff was just kind of off. I don't really get it. And uh, I'm certainly happy that I, you know, I'm not, I didn't have to date during the Me Too generation. I'm certainly glad I didn't have, I, I wasn't single now. Um, because you know, I, I, you, you get to know somebody well enough and it's a, it's a comfort type of thing. But at the same time, it's like dating has either become, uh, this extremely difficult thing to do, or now it's become this completely enjoyable thing to do. And I mean, it wasn't that many years ago. Dating used to be fun, whether you did it online or you just spontaneously ask somebody out. 
um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't this. And I, and, you know, this isn't just me watching this. This is a lot of my friends there have been in long-term relationships. And they're like, man, I would not want to fucking be single right now. That would suck. That would absolutely suck. And I look at them and I'm like, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. We have good conversations here. And, I, you know, that, that's about it today. I, I didn't have too much planned. I, I just thought that these stories were interesting. But, uh, you know. Life is meant to be lived. Life is not meant to be convenient. Life is not meant to be cookie cutter. Life is meant to be lived. And, you know, if you genuinely uh, fall in love with somebody, then nothing else should really matter, whether they're exactly like you or they're nothing like you. But, you know, it, it comes from, from what I gather from all of this. It has nothing more to do with being attracted to each other. It has more to do with being uh, afraid of every other person who's remotely different from you and this uh you know it seems like an intense segregation of the dating pool for a lot of these folks that are just not willing to talk to somebody because of their politics that's that's so dumb that's so dumb it's just politics if you think about what does your how does politics really affect your life other than how you vote and stuff like that it really like 95, I'll say 90%. It has nothing to do with your life. You're not politicians. I hate it when people are like, oh, I'm a, I'm a super Republican or I'm a super Democrat. It's like, no, you're not. If I actually break down certain issues, you're probably not really, really, really anywhere strong in anything. You might lean a certain way, but you're not. Um, unless you're an elected politician, you're, you're, you're really nothing. And I, I find this with everybody. I think that, uh, you know, your average American is more... Uh, radical on the left or the right compared to your typical politician, how they actually are. But I think when you really break things down, people people are more calmer and they care less less about certain things than than we might really really think. So, food for thought. Have a good Thursday, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Before I do that, please, it costs you nothing, but it means everything for me. A five star rating and review on iTunes, sending this podcast to a friend, talking in the comments, and everything else. It does a lot. It helps me out. So please, be, be a good pal to your buddy, Remso, and uh, let's let's keep this, this conversation going. As always, follow me on Hey Remso across the wild social media frontier. And if you're really cool, go ahead and download Parlor today and follow me just at Remso, R-E-M-S-O. If you don't know how to spell my name by now, really, what, what, what the hell? Anyway, that's about it. Have a great night, and I'll talk to you later. Check out our other shows and more from the We Are Libertarians Network at wearelibertarians.com.